hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your home Good morning Hamilton, this is Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment, the Golfie team Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zamprin. Good morning once again. Another beautiful Saturday in the city of Hamilton. Uh, yes, my name is Rick Zamprin in studio with Rob Golfi and Philip Golfi. Those two fine gentlemen are sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfi team. You know the drill. You've listened to the program. If you haven't and this is your first time, welcome to the program. We talk about everything real estate related and we have a fun time doing so as well. We have a number of hot topics that we're going to tackle today. Go online to robgolfi.com. That's Rob, G-O-L. FI.com. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That phone number again is 905-575-7700. They're all over social media. Be sure to like the Rob Golfie Facebook page, at Rob Golfie on Instagram and Twitter, and subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on your favorite app store. Past episodes online at robgolfie.com and 900chml.com. If you have a topic idea or you have a real estate-related question, email questions at robgolfie.com that email address questions at robgolfie.com we will ask your question and provide an answer on a future program lots to talk about today we're going to be talking about uh, investing in real estate in college and university towns hamilton is one of those towns with mcmaster and mohawk we'll look at some of the best and worst college towns in the u.s to invest in and probably have a little fun doing so poking some fun at some of the worst uh, communities uh, three creative ways real estate agents can market to millennials we'll talk about price correction and uh, one might be coming to metro vancouver in the not too distant future we'll also get into what impact is the toronto real estate board uh, giving the go-ahead to agents to post selling prices of properties online what impact that's going to have to uh, realtors and uh, to home buyers but we'll start with disclosure what do you have to disclose and what you don't have to disclose when selling a home? So maybe we'll start with what you have to disclose. Um, you should be disclosing anything that the new buyer, that the buyer, once they move in, that could have an issue. Okay. Um, so, for instance... So this could be anything? Um, you know what? Anything that could... I mean, a know. squeaky floor? Let's, let's <laughs> well, start, let's start with what you don't have to disclose. Is that a shorter list? Let's yeah. Well, I mean... So for no, instance, we'll so, get into what okay. You, okay, so okay, okay, you go so ahead. All right, millennial Phil, no, millennial. take over, <laughs> take it over. No, let's, <laughs> let's follow the rules a little bit. So according to the Real Estate Council of Ontario, the rules and regulations on what you have to disclose and what you don't have to disclose. Right. You do not have to disclose um, patent patent defects. Okay. And this is this means a patent defect is anything that you could see, anything that you can notice, anything that you can. Uh, become aware of through a simple walkthrough or a home inspection okay. report, what, what, right? What, what for example, eyes, yeah, the house. right. So, uh, for for example, uh, you know, a uh, potential home buyer is walking through a home. They see a wet spot on the floor. Right. Do we have to disclose that the no. basement is leaking? No, you do not. Okay. You do not. If he, if that. yeah. So it's 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 the home buyer's responsibility, the home inspector's responsibility, mm -hmm. and the in the purchaser's agent responsibility to find out. The reason for that water stain, right. okay. or or what's it, what what it's from, and it's not the home seller's responsibility because you can visually see that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. 
you can you can you can walk through the house and see that there's a there's a water stain. So yeah. Or if there's um, mold on the ceiling. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, things such as a, a crack in the foundation. Now, if there's a crack in the foundation and you cover it up and you finish the basement and you know there's that crack behind the wall, mm-hmm. that's a latent defect. You have to disclose that there's a crack in the foundation behind that right. drywall because right? no one can see it. Because exactly. Right. But if that crack if it's visible, somebody can walk through and see the crack in the foundation. So so it's not like you have to come in and say, Hey, listen, there's a crack in the foundation. It's easily seen. It's not like they're trying to hide it. They're 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 they can they can easily see it. So, you know, that's that's the way to describe it is if you can notice it through a walkthrough or if you can notice it through a home inspection, then you don't have to disclose it. Mm-hmm. But when it when it when it gets into things such as, you know, there was a flood or there was a fire or there was um, you know, there's a process or, or there's a risk of a wall collapsing. You can't see it necessarily collapsing. Right. But due to the structure of the building, it could collapse in the near future. Those are things that you have to disclose. Um, if there's a if there's a history of mold that that was, you know, even though it, it was fixed or or taken care of, you still have to disclose that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, these, you know, these those those are all specific situations that that you know, require disclosure. But if you, if you're in a position right now and you're thinking, do I have to tell them, you know, such and such, or, or do I have to disclose such? If it's something that they can see walking through your house and they can notice it right away through an inspection report or through an agent being able to, you know, thoroughly inspecting the property. No, you don't have to, mm. you don't, you don't have to. But if it's something that you're covering up or something that somebody can't see through their walkthrough, or it's something that happened in the past that, that was a big deal yeah. or, or, or a severe, um, caused big, a big yeah, issue. Yeah, caused so, a big issue. Then you have to disclose it. So, for instance, uh, and, and this has happened, I've seen in uh, in my career uh, a couple of times. Um, the uh, the downstairs, and uh, sometimes the wall is bowing in, like the 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 block wall. Mm-hmm. It's bowing in, and that's uh, a bad sign. It is a bad <laughs> sign because because it's caving in. Right. Yeah. So, and sometimes. Sometimes, I'm being and that's why. <laughs> so sometimes I'll walk in the basement, especially if it's a if it's a block foundation, right. and I'll put my head against the uh, uh, wall to see if if, the, if it's bowing because I've I've come across a lot of houses like that where it's it's coming in and to see if the, if the the, con- the 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 blocks are straight. Mm-hmm. And so, for instance, this happened uh, a years ago. A guy reframed and drywalled his basement. And he had major problems with the walls of his basement. Wow. Redrywalled it. And so what happened was later they found out that he did cover it up so that he can sell the house. It was freshly done. And he did get he did get um uh charged for it, like basically fined and, and everything else. And, and I think the realtor even knew about it too. So um and that was a hidden uh defect that was purposely Hidden, mm-hmm. like it was. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it. it uh, so, so that should have been. That should have been disclosed. Yeah, there was yeah. some intent there. There was intent there to deceive the the buyer. Right now, I think where the biggest problems come is when somebody purchases a house and they say, "Well, the people before me didn't disclose it, right?" And I bought this house that you know everything was fine. I thought mm-hmm. it was good. Why should I have to disclose it? And that's where the that's where the hardest part and the hardest thing. As realtors, when we tell somebody, say, hey, you know, you have to disclose this. This is something that you have to make all buyers aware of. And then, you know, most often their response is, well, we didn't know about it. So they don't want to lose the money on the sale because they, you know, something wasn't disclosed to them. 
and and you know something that can can affect the sale price in the long term that they don't want to come out and say you know you know we've had you know a mold issue or we've had this issue because the previous but you know the previous sellers didn't let us know about mm-hmm. that right so you know more often than not you know you're you're in a you, you're put in a hard position yeah. and they want to you know and they don't want to tell and they you know they let the realtor know but they don't want to come out and say hey you know we want we we don't want to let everybody else because it can have a huge effect on the sale price right. of our of our of our home yeah so, I, I got two questions. Redisclosure. Why? Why is it necessary? Number one, we'll start with there, and then I'll add the follow up. Uh, why is it necessary yeah. to, to disclose? To disclose. You know, it, it can make the difference of what, how much you want to pay for that house, and it, it or it can make the difference of you wanting that house anymore. Mm-hmm. And if you found out about something on a house after you moved in, you would you could say, "Listen, I wouldn't have bought this house if I knew it had the, these kind of problems." So. It, it, it that's why it, it should be disclosed. Yeah. For, so, for instance, um, there was a house uh, in Stony Creek. Um, they they had a home inspection done, right? Everything cleared, no problem. This is years ago. I'm not sure if there was uh, any equipment at the time that you can detect any mold or any sh- issues like that. So, home inspection passed, flying colors. So. People move in, no problem. Six months later, they decide to rip out the basement and redo it. There was mold all throughout the basement, mm. behind the walls. Mm-hmm. Now, they, uh, I think the buyers went after the home inspector. And I think when you uh, hire a home inspector, you sign, just before you start the home inspection, you sign, the most you can sue the home inspector is what you paid for the home inspection. It, it's kind of silly, but it's their contract. But they, they're still insured. Um, and they felt that he missed that uh finding that mold and maybe he did i don't know um and it's hard to tell like you know uh, and i don't know where that case went to i don't know you know who who ended up uh having to where, mm-hmm. where it ended up selling settling after or anything like that but but again behind the walls just like philip said if you can't see what's there and you know like like people get more it's funny how people get really Ex- not excited, but they go, oh, wow, look at the cracks on the floor here uh, in the basement. Well, uh, that's because it's not finished. Mm-hmm. But if you look at, at uh, if, if you took out the carpeting or the or the wood flooring in, the, in every basement, you're going to find cracks in every floor, yeah. Yeah. every floor. But it's funny how somebody says, well, you know, I'm not going to buy a house with cracks on the floor. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> go, yeah. you're not buying a house then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 exactly. But, you know, but, but, um, but those are the kind of things like, Sometimes it's nice to have an unfinished basement. So, for instance, I've got a house that we're just listing right now. You can see the drip marks coming in from the block foundation on about two, two or three sides of of, uh, of the walls in in uh, throughout the basement. Not finished, but the the uh, but the um, what do you call it? Uh, it's been all been done. New weeping tiles and some the property wrapping. The wrapping. Yeah, yeah. So we will disclose on the. Uh, on the listing to say that uh, new weeping tiles, sump pump, and wrapping has been uh, done, you know, seven years ago. So that when people walk down the basement, when they're reading the listing, they say, oh, yeah, and it's you can see fixed. the drip mark. You, yeah. could, you could see it's been fixed. Right. Yeah. Like, you want to make sure, because you, you cannot miss but look at the stain marks coming down mm-hmm. yeah. the, the, the two, three different walls in, in the basement. Mm-hmm. So, but now if that was covered up, I would still disclose that that new weeping tiles were put put on, right. and uh, and and to show that we did have leaks, it was rectified, fixed, and the houses yeah. you can you can so now the new owner can finish that basement knowing comfortably that 
everything was taken care of. That's going to lead me to my follow-up. We'll get to it uh, after the commercial break in terms of disclosure. We're also going to talk about uh, price corrections. We'll also talk about uh, online uh, prices on properties that the Toronto Real Estate Board is uh, wrestling with right now. That and a whole lot more still to come here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name is Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. If you have a question for the Golfie team, email questions at RobGolfie.com. That email address again is questions at RobGolfie.com. Find them on Twitter and Instagram at RobGolfie and be sure to like the Rob Golfie Facebook page. And if you haven't yet, you want to subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on iTunes, Google Play, your favorite app store. Great episodes from, uh, well, we can say years gone by because it has been years that the show has been on the air. Uh, past episodes uh, online at 900CHML.com and RobGolfie.com. Still to come, three creative ways real estate agents can market to millennials. And we'll also talk about the best and worst college towns to invest in real estate and see how Hamilton stacks up with McMaster and Mohawk. Uh, But we started the show and we're continuing our discussion about disclosure. What do you have to disclose? What do you not have to disclose when selling your home? From the seller's standpoint, even if you can see a past uh, leakage, any any past issue that has been rectified or not, isn't it in the best interest of that seller to say, hey, this is or has been a problem just so their butts are are, are okay? Absolutely. I think think you know, if you disclose, like if if you had a problem and you fixed it, that's even a good thing. Because it's even better. That's even yeah. better. Because yeah. then you, you've you've told them that For instance, you had a problem. You know, a leaky roof. Uh, the roof was rectified. You you fixed the ceiling. You put new shingles, and it's all it's all it's done. all fixed. Yeah. So the one thing I would do if if I found out, let, let's say on the second floor you see some water stains. So obviously above that floor is the attic. Right. So I, I and I and then you can tell there there's new shingles. So I like to know. Me as a buyer, I like to know, okay, wait a minute. So how long did they leave the shingles like like old? Right. Uh, and how many? How long did it leak for before they actually replaced the shingles? Right. So I would do a more of a thorough uh, inspection in the attic to make sure there's no mold there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just depends on, uh, you know, like, but if you have a, if you see water stains on the main level, then right away I know that, you know, a, the second level above is a, Probably you, a washroom, a yeah, washroom right. just above there. So, yeah. and and we know that you know, you know, especially had kids or something overflowed. Yep. There's a high probability that it's from there. Some sometimes you get people thinking, you know, the main floor. It's funny. There's a leak in the roof. I go, well, there's no roof above that floor. <laughs> <laughs> it went from the roof they, through the second no matter, floor to the first. But floor. sometimes, no matter yeah. how much you convince them, right, right, right. they still yeah. believe there's a leak in the roof, even though it's yeah. on the main floor and there's another floor above it. But uh, and then so right away, I'll. I usually walk in. I say, "Well, it looks like they had some problems." So, I, uh, in the uh, washroom upstairs, and hopefully there is a washroom right above there. Yeah. And then I try to see where 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 the 
the problem is and see if there's extra caulking in the around the tub mm-hmm. you know just little signs of of, of things like that but um, you mentioned you know some home buyers being scared off by you know cracks in in, in a basement floor uh, is there a particular uh, segment of the home buying population that you know they could see the littlest thing and they'll be scared oh, off even, oh, even yeah, if the, yeah, the situation yeah, has been rectified? Yeah. oh absolutely they're yeah. you know because they're looking for I mean, the perfect I mean, home right I remember when Dave style was in here right and he goes he goes it's a home everything's fixable yeah he goes oh, yeah. i'll buy he's buying homes like you know there's a lot of people that are like that yeah where they'll look at the they'll look at the style of the house whether it's a bungalow two-story or whatever they'll look at the square footage they'll look at the location and they'll buy it even sight unseen yeah. right because they know that that given that location or given that style of home mm-hmm. everything within the shell of it is completely fixable right. and it's completely you know you're able to, to and you know a, a lot of people don't have that confidence especially when you go into like the first time home buyer they're exhausting every single penny of their income or, or of their savings into their down payment where they don't have the, you know, the capacity, the financial capacity to support a big renovation right. or a big or, or something big to fix rate, you know, in the first or second year of, of the purchase. So people get, you know, people get nervous, right? If there's, you know, the smallest little thing, they, you know, they kind of go up in arms about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's hiring the right, um, you know, I always feel like it's hard to hide something within a home. It's really hard if you if there's something seriously wrong with your house, I I feel like it's really hard to hide and cover up, right. especially if you hire a good home inspector, um, and they do a thorough check. They'll they'll find it. You know, there's there's little signs that that they'll be able to tell if there's something wrong with the foundation or there's something wrong with if something leaked before, if there's something wrong with the plumbing or or whatever. There's little signs that they can pick up on, mm-hmm. and they'll be able to recognize that there's something wrong with the house right away. Is there any kind of leeway in terms of? Uh, disclosure, uh, and I'm getting to the fact that uh, you know someone or a family has moved into a home, and you know in a matter of months or within a year they're moving again, and they haven't really realized if there were any past issues. Would they be liable yeah. for anything in that um, regard? It, it, if they don't know about, yeah, them. yeah. So they they haven't lived there through a full year, so they haven't gone through all the seasons of the year to know right. that. So sometimes people will buy a house, right, and um, and then they find out for some reason. On one wall of this house, or or the you know back one room is freezing cold in mm-hmm. the wintertime, so it, they could move it in the spring and not till January and December, January, February. They're finding that this room is freezing cold, yeah. and um, you know, and when they bought the house, there were no heaters there, right? Yeah, there was right, no right. you know there was no heaters lying around because they did that on purpose. They hid the heaters. That should be disclosed. And so sometimes, you know, what does the what does the, ho- the new homeowner do? They can go after them and say, "Listen, you knew about the- no." Well, wait a minute. We're talking about the uh, the guy that just moved there for mm-hmm. a short term. Yeah, yeah. He won't know. Right. So the next guy finds out, and if he tries to go after the pre like the guy that owned it for three, four months or right. six months, th- there's nothing he can do about it. Yeah. Can he go to the previous owner though? You know what? That's a good question. That's uh, we have to talk to a lawyer about that. Yeah. yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, Apart from what's in the home, do you have to disclose things that have happened outside the home? So, uh, I don't know, you have a, a flooded backyard all the time, or yes. you know, your sprinkler system has flooded at, yeah. at one point. Yeah. We, there's, there's an area in St. Catharines that's on the floodplain. It's, it's, and, and we didn't, I didn't know about this, but it's something that, that when we went, th- we went through the property twice, and this is a perfect example, the sub pump was already on, always on. Always running steady. and steady, like nonstop. Wow. And the water was being pumped out into the onto the street. And my and my buyer said, he goes, Phil, he goes, why is the, the sump pump running? 
Like he goes, like it's, he goes, we've been here. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't rained in a, in a while. <laughs> we've been here for a couple hours. It's been nonstop. So we went back for a second showing same thing. Wow. Right. So I Googled the address. I Googled, I, I Googled the area and I, and I was like, you know, what's going on with this thing? And we realized that this set of homes were in a floodplain <laughs> and it's, it's, and the basement has, hasn't flooded just because of the sump pump. It's right. been able to keep up with it. Yeah. And the sump pump was a, um, it had like a backup generator, had a backup sump pump. <laughs> it was serious. Like it was like a serious <laughs> operation hardcore, down yeah. there. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and we found out that it was, it was in a floodplain. So wow. these guys were like, absolutely not. You know, we can't, we, we, you know, it's, it's not a risk that we're willing to take. Yeah. It's not something that we, you know, yeah. we want to be worried about if we're, you know, if we're out, at a restaurant having dinner and Power we, yeah like yeah, it's right, it's right, something right. that that's always top of mind um they didn't disclose that to us that There's, was something that i had to go out and find it, out on mm-hmm. my own and, and get that information um so so that would be something of a of an area kind of situation right um does there, it have to be disclosed absolutely not yeah there, there's areas of hamilton uh there's well not areas there's one area uh one street where the houses were built on uh they were built down in central hamilton and the houses are kind of leaning and sinking because it's built. It's there's it's sandy there, and it's not solid, hmm. and uh, so all the houses are leaning. And if you don't know that, and a lot of people don't know, uh, but if you don't know that, you end up buying the house, and then you end up in like wow. And then so now, yeah, if you do sell it, the realtors that know about it aren't going to sell it to their clients. Right. So you you know it's just it's just. It's just, it's just it's like a tennis match. You it take is a it, tennis you take match. It, you take it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, this guy doesn't know about it. Yeah, but but that should be disclosed. Yeah, you know, yeah. the homeowner will know about it as soon as he moves in, and and the agent may not have known about it. But it's always good to Google certain streets, certain areas before yeah. you 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 bu- you put an offer. Well, in. The, the best part about it is a lot of the newspaper articles don't come down now, right? Right. You know, a lot of there's a lot of articles that that you know different news sources will post yeah. and, they'll be and if there. it's online yeah, you'll, you'll see it you know you'll see postings from 2004 2005 you know different floods or different different things of that nature yeah. so it's we, you get a lot of information by just googling an address or googling an area mm-hmm. and, and it tells you a lot uh last one on disclosure do you have to disclose any sort of neighborhood issues i.e bad neighbors uh loud cars uh, airplanes going overhead any of that stuff it, it's it's hard to tell um so one bad neighbor, a bad neighbor can be bad to this neighbor, but mm. maybe great to a new neighbor. Right. And, uh, well, look what happened in uh, on, on Green Hill. I think it's Green Hill or Quigley. Um, a neighbor, actually, they got kicked out from the condo corp. It took yeah. a, a yeah. few, quite a we few years that, the show, yeah. that we had that. Yeah. And uh, they had, they had I think, was it 190 or 120 days? They at, literally had to be listed and sold and out mm. within that time frame. And uh, too bad you couldn't do that to regular residential neighborhoods. You know, get rid of a you know uh, a, you know neighbors that uh, that cause a lot of problems for everybody else. Uh, but it, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. So usually the good ones leave, and then uh, and then. But now you know a bad one actually got kicked out of a a condo complex. Yeah. But the in terms of disclosure, no, you don't. No. you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Uh, <laughs> let's switch gears here. Uh, what impact is this going to have on selling homes, if any? The Toronto Real Estate Board has uh, been given the go-ahead to agents to post selling prices of properties online. So maybe uh, uh, we'll lay the foundation and talk about what what's going on in Toronto. What are they doing? So, so the Competition Bureau um, went after the Toronto Real Estate Board and said, uh, "We want to. We want to. Uh, we want to see." 
sold prices. And Toronto Real Estate Board says, well, you know, we haven't done that. We don't do that. And we're not going to do that. So there was a long fought battle. They lost. And so the Toronto Real Estate Board appealed it. And the Supreme Court uh, just announced uh, about a week week ago that they denied their appeal. Mm -hmm. So now they have to disclose um, the sale prices. Now, the U.S. has been doing this for a long time. I think about 10, 15 years. Is it going to affect us? I, I don't think it is. Um, it's just like anything else. You know, time is evolving. You know, things are changing. I actually think that it's going to make the realtor's job easier because the consumer is going to be more educated. Um, the consumer may want to say, well, now I know all these houses, what they're selling for. I'll put my house up for sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, there, there there's a, a lot to, you know, that goes with selling a house and, and, and they may not want to go through that ordeal of having to meet every person and and or, and every consumer coming. They don't know if they're qualified to buy. They don't know all that. So there's that aspect of it. So I can see the Toronto Real Estate Board. It's their club, right? They formed this company. They It's their information. All of a sudden, now they have to share the information. Right. But I don't see why another part of it is why does the Toronto Real Estate Board have to do it? The the uh, the the city has all the sales. Why don't they just post them? Mm-hmm. Why why can't they just post them? Why are they coming after the real estate board? Just go to the city of uh, Toronto or the city of Hamilton, and they have to make up a site and disclose what the right. sale prices are. Why why does the Toronto real estate board have to do it? But I don't think it's going to affect realtors. Mm. A lot of realtors are worried. I don't think it's going to affect them, and that that's my opinion. If somebody wanted to find out a, a purchase price or a sale price, they, they could find e- it. They can, it's easy to call yeah. somebody up yeah. Yeah. and just say, "Hey, yeah. you know, I'm looking for the, you know, the last, you know, the last five sales in my neighborhood. Can you please tell me them?" Right. And the realtor will put it in an email. And I think there's, I think there's opportunity for business there. I think I should open up a site. Want to know the sale prices of your yeah. street? Yeah. <laughs> are are realtors in Toronto those who are against this plan? I'm I'm guaranteeing most of them are because. They don't want to see their final sale price compared to the listing price because some might be uh, higher or lower yeah. than, than expected, and they so, might maybe yeah. I don't know feel yeah, embarrassed. Everybody, or, everybody knows that you know if somebody puts his house up for sale for nine hundred thousand and he ends up selling for eight hundred, yeah, he's he's not going to tell his neighbor, "Well, I got a hundred thousand less." He right. just doesn't say anything to yeah, his neighbor. Yeah. So, so he knows his neighbor is assuming that he got something close to that nine hundred, right, right? And and that's where. Uh, the neighbors are going to get called out because all na- neighbors always lie about what they sold their house for. <laughs> they always do. Yeah. Because when we go to yeah. a house and, and they go, well, that neighbor, he told me he got like, you know, 750000 And then I bring it all up. I go, no, he actually got 685000 <laughs> <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah, hey, yeah, okay. Yeah. Or sometimes sometimes people will, will see the, uh, you know, they'll see the for sale sign go up and it'll be up for a couple months. And then all of a sudden it just, it, it gets removed. Right. So the notion is that they sold, but right? Everybody always thinks that they sold just because yeah. the for sale sign's gone. But you know, you know, the listing could have expired. The listing could have canceled. That yeah. that they they just have this number in their head of when it went up. But, but I mean, I mean, you I, know, there's there's a ton of people that look at it, you know, nightly on a nightly basis. They're just cruising online. Yeah, yeah. this will help them. This will be the, the, this, this will educate the yeah. consumer. Mm-hmm. It'll educate them. So it makes our job easier when we're going in and working with them. And and but you know. Put pricing their house. Our job as a realtor is trying to price their house, um, you know, as close to what a willing buyer is willing to pay and push the market. We will push the market to get them more money. 
and we'll and and that's that's our job. So like when Rick, when when you want to sell your house, and let's say your house is worth a million dollars, right? Mm -hmm. and, it's close to that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then <laughs> so and I'm gonna say, Rick, let's try a million fifty thousand. Let's right. see what the market will do at, at at that number. Maybe we can get end up at you know a million thirty thousand. That's our job. And so that's what we're trying to do for you mm -hmm. as a realtor. Now, as a private person that's going to put their house up for sale, you know, th they're not going to have that kind of guidance like like a realtor has. Right. And um and you know, and I think this people are worried that there's going to be more private for sales. I I say there's going to be uh probably a little more uh, but I don't think it's going to affect. I don't think it's going to affect anything. Like, like you look at the private for sales. It's a small number, small percentage, very mm -hmm. small percentage. Is yeah. it also going to maybe uh, you know put that number? You know, someone's ho house on their on their street sells for six fifty, whatever the number is, and that's the homeowner on the same street that has a very similar house will think that they can get that price but their you know their their home is nowhere near on the inside as beautiful as you know say the 650 house is it going to kind of cloud the judgment or the uh, the that that's financial wearable yeah like, like the fact that the the sale prices are are going to be um, public, right? It's it, it's not. I I honestly don't think it's going to change anything. Yeah, but you know I the don't. homeowners are going to say, "Hey, he sold for six fifty. I should already, get the same." They already do oh, that. They, they, they already do that. Do that. No, here's yeah, what, here's they what the homeowner says. Here's here's what every homeowner says. <laughs> we walk in. Oh, he had to sell. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the best. <laughs> That's one. why he got That's the so little. Right, right, right. He had to sell, or he got he had he had uh, no. Uh, granite countertops, you know, <laughs> and that's why he got that. Or yeah, you know, it's always he had to sell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. We hear the same one. Everyone. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, still to come on the show. How does a price correction work, and who wins and loses in that scenario? We'll also talk about uh, how do investors in Hamilton, with uh, McMaster University and Mohawk College already here, do when it comes to ROI. That and a whole lot more on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Hey, thanks for listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name is Rick Samprin in studio today with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax's Cartman Realty, the Golfie team. They're online at robgolfie.com. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700, at Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram, and like the Rob Golfie Facebook page. And be sure to subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Still to come, we'll talk about millennials and return on investment when it comes to college towns. Uh, well, let's talk about price corrections. How does a price correction work and who wins and loses? Some realtors believe that a major price correction is underway in Metro Vancouver. So maybe we'll start with what is a price correction? How does that work? Uh, price correction is when uh, there's a various amounts of houses up for sale and you think you priced the realtor priced the house based based on the, the last 90 days of what other homes have sold for and they're not selling. Okay. So what so what happens is 
So now you've got very, you know, let's say you got 20 homes in a neighborhood for sale. None of them are selling, but according to uh, doing the market evaluation and everything, they're all priced right. Mm -hmm. So now you get the first guy, the first agent saying to his client, listen, you got to move. We got to get this thing. So they drop 50,000. And so what happens is the other agents see that that other that one house has dropped fifty thousand. They tell their clients, "You have to drop." So now it's a big because, domino effect. Yeah, it's yeah. a domino effect, and then and then it just it just continues. So and that's where the price correction comes because the consumers are not buying at that price anymore. And who gets hurt at that is the guy that bought in uh, in the hype of the market. So for for instance, last year mm-hmm. in the uh, spring market, spring market. Yeah. You know, people are going in a hundred, two hundred thousand, especially in Vancouver, maybe even you know five hundred thousand yeah. above asking. Those are the people that are going to get hurt, and th- that that bought at that price. Now they have to sell, and hopefully they've got you know, hopefully their mortgage is less than what uh, what the house is worth because if their mortgage is more, they they can't sell. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, but that's that's what a price correction happens. And it's, you know what the the price corrections often hardest because in the first two weeks a lot of those people get an offer right maybe they're up for eight hundred thousand, they get an offer at 735 right and they they don't take it now they've reduced to 750 mm-hmm. and they still can't get that 735 now they're now they're that's down right to, they regret not now, taking now they're it. down to 699 yeah. or, or or they don't want to go less yeah. than that 735 yeah. right. because that was the initial offer yeah so right so that's 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 hard especially during a price correction because they oftentimes have gotten an offer that's higher than the price that they're going to reduce we, to. Right? We, we know a price correction happening real quick before anybody else. Because we do sell a lot of homes, last year in, two, in 2017, April 12th, I sent a message to my whole team. I said, be careful on holding offers. The market's change is changed. Now, the majority, a lot of the people didn't know that. A lot of realtors didn't know that. The consumer didn't know that. But I knew, I knew that because cause the way multiple offers wasn't happening as much as they were before. So I, I wanted to approve any houses that were going up for sale and we're holding offers, you know, saying we, you know, no offers for five days. And we knew that on April, around April 12th. So, but the consumers didn't know that till probably the end of May or beginning of June, because mm-hmm. you need a full month of a correction in the market to know that there is a correction. The consumer will find out. So when all the stats came in, uh, at the end of May, beginning of June, then they said, "Oh my, look, it's changed. The market's changed. We, right. you know, the market's, you know, the price correction was done." But when you're in April and you're halfway through April, you're still getting, you're still getting, you know, strong markets. So people aren't going to see the stats in April aren't going to come out. They come out in May. Sorry, yeah. they come out in May. You're not going to see that there's a correction yet. It's, it's. You have to wait another month. We on. knew there was a correction in May and we totally changed our way of marketing and changed our way of selling homes so that our consumers, our, our clients would still get benefit from, yeah. from our experience from that. Is, is the winner in a price correction the, the homeowner who is buying a new home or, or are they just, uh, you know, is it a soft because they have to sell their home in that price correction market as well? The winner, the winners in a price correction are the investors and the first time home buyers. Oh, okay. yeah. And sometimes it doesn't feel like the first time home buyer is a winner just because the prices or especially in Vancouver, are, are, are so yeah. ridiculous still. But those are those are the winners. If somebody's buying and selling in the same market, it's a wash, right? Because right. yeah. you're going to get the true market value for your house, and you're going to buy at true market value for the yeah. other house. It's somebody that 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 buys high, and then and then the price correction happens in, in the time that they put their house up for sale, yeah. Yeah. where they're where they're starting so, to scramble. So, so the people that cashed out big time last year were the retirees. They were like 
they're they're cashing out mm-hmm. and people retired they're either re- they went to go start renting a house they're like you know or they're uh, they're going to an old age home those yeah. people they did well now the people that bought their houses get you know they may have to stay there a little <laughs> stay longer there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh, but uh, but yeah so those are the people that did well the first time buyers didn't do as well uh, early spring last year right uh, we got a couple of minutes to start to our discussion. We'll probably carry it through to our final segment. Three creative ways real estate agents can market to millennials. Maybe we'll ask the millennial. Yeah, this is uh, this is something that we see if if you follow any of the HGTV shows, the million dollar listing shows, or right. the the flip it or flop it shows. A lot of those celebrities do exactly what this is. It's it's they're very social. They're very active on social media. They're promoting their own brand. They're promoting their lifestyle. And they're promoting their business all through. Social, social media. media yeah so and that's and that's how those you know as much as they're celebrities they still live and operate as as real estate salespeople mm-hmm. and real estate um real estate companies and they're still building a business and, still, and they're still building their brand but they build it through a way of of reality tv which is kind of interesting and cool um that's being trickled down to your average real estate person right where, where a lot of you know you know people in in you know, smaller markets, not, you know, not necessarily the big LA markets or the big New York markets where it looks all flashy and cool with the nice cars, you know, the expensive suits, the nice watches, where a lot of people are doing it now. We'll get into uh, those uh, three ways on, uh, well, all three are social media based. And we'll also talk about how do investors in Hamilton with uh, Mac and Mohawk here do when it comes to return on investment. The Hamilton Real Estate Show continues after this on 900 CHML. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Find them online at robgolfie.com. Call them at 905-575-7700. If you have a question for the Golfie team, the email address is questions at robgolfie.com. Send us an email and we'll uh, ask your question on the air and provide an answer as well. Uh, just before the break, we uh, chimed in with three creative ways real estate agents can market to millennials. The all social media based we have facebook live we have instagram stories and we have snapchat (laughs) (laughs) and i think i think i think those are are usually when a social media platform comes out it always starts with like the younger the younger group right right? it always starts with like the ages like 16 to 22 those and those are the people that kind of adapt to it and then if it picks up with that group it kind of carries over and and we've seen it happen to Facebook where it feels like there's there's more of the older generation that's using Facebook yeah. more now than ever before, right? right? And the young but kids where are it like, started, oh, that's but where, where, where Facebook started, it started with college students. Sure. It started with university students. Um, and then so now it's carried over to, to you know, the baby boomers reconnecting with their old high school friends yeah, and, yeah. and that sort of thing and, and kind of catching up on life that way where now the younger kids are like, you know, I don't want to share my life with anybody. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm not... You know, I'm not accepting anybody. Yeah. Where, where, so that's how it's it's changed. And what allows real estate people to do it allows them to target market the the, the specific demographic that mm-hmm. they want to attract to a certain listing. But it's also a great way for building a brand and and, and you know, you know, target marketing a, a community 
and branding yourself within that community so you become you know known as that you know a specific salesperson for that town or city right. or or in that area um and, and like i was saying before it's something that that it allows you to become you know it allows you to celebritize yourself and and become that that real estate celebrity that you you see on tv mm-hmm. or that you see you know selling the big homes it's just on a lower scale or on a lower level or on a smaller market yeah. but it's it's very it's it's much of the same thing much of the same um daily practices and doing that and and, and create, just using a different yeah, it's, yeah. It's, and and the best part about it is it's free right yeah, yeah exactly. it's, it's you know you don't have to you don't have to spend any money on it you don't have to you know to, to create a, a facebook page or create a post it's you know yeah. what i mean it's just you want to create good content that people are going to be interested to that that brings value to the community and then and then it's easy to build a brand and a business that way exactly i always tell philip uh that i want to start doing something the, the life the life of uh, the golfing team, but <laughs> yeah. he keeps he keeps That'd be an interesting it. reality. He's, show. I think he's afraid I might embarrass myself. I don't know. <laughs> he's like you know you know the kid that's embarrassed, like the embarrassed of his parent trying to do something that uh, for the millennial. My, kids. I, I believe that if you're not if you're doing it and you're not doing it right, it's actually hurting you more than it's sure, helping yeah, you, right? There's, there's no doubt so it's, it's, if it's, so, but it's, I give him the idea. So it's a work in progress. But I give him the idea, and I think it's a great idea, but he just keeps killing it. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't think we're that interesting. No. I, I, you'd be surprised. I, I think, you know, what, you know, with everybody in our office and everything, you know. You get a just, great dynamic. Yeah, it's just, you know, just something, different things that are you happening. You can do the office, uh, golf, like, golfy team stuff. We could be like the Million Dollar Listing New York or, Ca- or uh, California or Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah, but I mean, when you go down on Cannon Street and you're walking through a, a house that's falling apart. I mean, it's not that. It's, hey, that's, <laughs> I think, I think that, people that, be interested that's in that. Hamilton, has rats that's in it and, and, and cobwebs. It's like, you know, it's not it's not getting uh, very appealing to the know, average person, right? Well, people, you know, getting pulled over by the police officer. Maybe he can introduce himself, you know. <laughs> yeah, I got pulled over the other day again. Oh, oh did you get a ticket? Yeah, I did. Wow. Oh, I'll save that for another show. Yeah. We've got to get to our last topic here. Uh, <laughs> best and worst college towns to invest in real estate. This is U.S.-based. Uh, number one on the list, Champaign, Illinois, followed by Rochester, New York, New Haven, Connecticut, uh, McAllen, Texas, and Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, um, you know, within that top five, a lot of notable towns uh, and recognizable towns. Here in Hamilton, we have McMaster and Mohawk. When it comes to return on investment, are investors doing well? Is this a good university and college town? Uh, yes. It, you know what? There, there's still affordability, but what's what I see that's happening right now is uh, I think um, investors have to be very careful. Now, there's a certain demographic area that I would buy if I was buying in around the university because mm-hmm. they just built um, the, this big building on James Street. You know, the uh, – Yeah. So that, that that's for students. Yeah. That's going to house a lot of students. Huge. That's going to take away uh, from them – uh, looking to rent a house near uh, McMaster. So if you're far from McMaster walking distance, um, it's a lot easier just to go on James Street, rent a nice brand new yep. uh, condo or, or whatever apartment that... And take public transit in. Take public right. transit, like right from James Street, you know, you go to King, boom, and yep, you're down. right there. So I think you have to be very careful as an investor now buying around McMaster University. The closer to the university, the better the return's going to mm-hmm, be. Mm-hmm. If you're farther away, you're going to have a hard time reselling that that property. And they're building they're building a lot of condos and a lot of apartments now in in around uh, the downtown core. So so if you're investing in uh, in uh, around the university, just be very careful. A little bit different for Mohawk being on the mountain. Is there is there uh, a no lose proposition? No, up Mohawk there? is good because because uh, uh, Mohawk's got a lot of cross streets that have a lot of uh, bus right. buses. Yeah. 
that'll take you to Mohawk College. You know, you got Fennel Mohawk, and you know, Gar. You know, you right. got all the you got and you all have malls and schools. You got so, malls, schools, yeah. everything. It's easy to get around on yeah. the mountain because it's just like one big square crisscross uh, transit system. But around uh, McMaster, you got to be careful. But Mohawk is good. Mohawk yeah. is good. Guys, thanks again uh, for coming in. A phenomenal show today. We have another one action-packed next week. And uh, be sure to listen to the Hamilton Real Estate Show next Saturday at 9, right here on 900 CHML.